What Samaya experienced on the floor when we laid hands on her and prayed for her was the manifest presence of God. The anointing came on her and grabbed hold of that tumor and ripped it out of her body and destroyed it. So this morning before we end, I just want to share some things out of the Bible. Say the Bible. It's a good book to read, and I encourage you to do that. And so, um, if you do not have a Bible, we'll get you one today. But it's good to read the Bible, the Word of God. Look at somebody and tell them, you need to read the Word of God. It'll help you a lot more than you think. In the book of Matthew, he was one of the disciples And this is what he wrote in Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, talking about Jesus. He said, Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news. Everybody say good news. The good news about what? The kingdom. And he healed, say he healed, every kind of disease and illness. Let's just see. It says every kind of disease. Does that mean there were some left out? So if Jesus can heal every kind of sickness and disease back then, and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, that means Jesus can do the same thing today. Miss Samaya can testify that she was up here receiving prayer, and she felt the presence of God come on her, And then she saw the blood of Jesus wash over the tumor. And now the doctors give her a report that she has been healed. So that's the miracle working power of God. Say he heals every kind of sickness and disease. You know, I've got some good news for you today. Jesus even heals coronavirus. Let me say that again. Jesus heals every kind of sickness and disease, including the corona. Look at the person next to you and say, you don't have to fear any sickness. You don't have to fear any disease. Because we've got a God who's greater. He's more powerful. He is able. And it doesn't matter what sickness it is. Doesn't matter what disease it is. Doesn't matter what ailment you have. Jesus is a healer. Can you say amen? amen. Say, My God has the power to heal. To a sick person, that's good news, wouldn't you say? This is good news about the kingdom of God. I want you to know in heaven there's no sickness, in heaven there's no darkness, in heaven there's no lack. You know why? Because the streets are paved with gold. Read it. It's in your Bible. That's why I said it's a good book. Imagine the asphalt is paved with pure gold. That's just the road. Say, there is no lack in heaven. You see, and Jesus came preaching good news. Say good news. Not bad news. Anybody that gets out on the streets and preaches bad news like you're going to hell, that God hates you, that America's going to die, that we're going to all go up, and that's bad news. They're not preaching the gospel of the kingdom. They're not even prophets. They just got wet underpants, 
and they're upset about some things. And so don't listen to them. Can you say amen? So they're just cranky. They're just cranky. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the head of the church, and we are his body. And you know what? The head controls everything in the body. It is controlled by the head. Jesus is not sick, so you don't have to be sick. Jesus isn't poor. You don't have to be poor. Jesus isn't depressed. You don't have to be depressed. Jesus is not mad. He's not angry. People think, I'm going to go to church and God's going to send lightning bolts and kill me. Where does that theory even come from? God will strike me dead if I go to church. No, God loves you. Look at the person next to you and say, God loves you. Say, He loves me. Listen, do you hurt somebody you love? Do you put sickness and disease on people you love to teach them a lesson? When you're trying to teach your child about what fire is, do you put your, their hands in the coal and burn their fingers and then say to them, now don't ever touch fire again? Do you say, I want to teach you, baby, what electricity is. Come here, take the fork, stick it in the plug. Do we do that to our children? So then why would we think a loving God would do that to us? Say, they're just lies. The devil would love you to believe that God is bad, that he hates you, that you can't come to him, that you can't pray to him, that he doesn't want to talk to you, that he's forgotten about you, and somehow he loves other people except you. Say, those are all lies. And Jesus went about preaching the good news of the kingdom of God. And the Bible says here, he healed every kind of sickness and illness and disease. And the news about him spread as far as Syria, and people soon began to bring to him all who were sick. So people start hearing that Jesus is a healer. Doctors cannot help him. And before you know it, they start bringing all the sick to Jesus. I want you to know there's a place that you can go where you can get healed from any sickness, disease, or ailment. And it says, and whatever their sickness or disease... Or if they were demon-possessed, epileptic, paralyzed, he healed some of them. Oh, what does it say? He healed all of them. Look at the person next to you. Say, that includes you. Who needs healing today? It says, large crowds followed him wherever he went. People from Galilee, the ten towns of Jerusalem, from all over Judea, from the east of the Jordan River. Go to another passage of Scripture. I'll read one more. Go to the book of Acts. Say Acts 10, verse 38. And it says, and you know that God anointed, say anointed, now, that's a big word. What on earth is an anointing? So, has anybody ever marinated meat before, like overnight, and then slapped it on the grill? You know that flavor. So, that's an anointing. It's when God takes stinky meat and puts some flavor in it. So, God anointed Jesus. What is the anointing? Look at somebody and preach to them. Say, the anointing. Do this. Say, did you know? That the anointing is burden-removing, yoke-destroying, 
power of God. The anointing is burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. What Samaya experienced on the floor when we laid hands on her and prayed for her was the manifest presence of God. The anointing came on her and grabbed hold of that tumor and ripped it out of her body and destroyed it. Oh, I feel the power of God, evangelist Joshua. That same power that was in Jerusalem is here today. The same power that set Samaya free from a tumor in her brain is the same power that wants to come upon you and attack the devil. Look at the person next to you and ask them, can you feel depressed? Can you feel depression? Can you feel it? Can you feel anger? Can you feel hatred? Can you feel those things? I want you to know those things aren't just feelings. Those things are called spirits. Say, oh boy, it's Halloween weekend. You believe in ghosts and goblins. Let me tell you about them. Let me tell you what ghosts and goblins really are and what they really do. Because the Bible tells me in John 10.10, they come to steal, kill, and destroy. And we're out there trick-or-treating, playing around with them, thinking that they're not going to come and visit our household and bring sickness, disease, turmoil, fear, and all that stuff. You can't sit and watch a horror movie and not be afraid to get out of your car at night. You say, I'm scared. You know why you're scared? You should stop watching that mess. Say, my eye gates, my ear gates, my temple. Whatever you let in is going to visit the house. Can you say amen? You got to make a decision. I'm not letting junk into this house. The only thing living in this house is the love of God and the Holy Ghost. I'm not bringing no devil with sickness, disease. I'm not listening to lies. I'm not accepting the package of depression. I believe in Jesus, the one who heals, the one who saves, the one who delivers. And no matter what my sickness is, no matter what my ailment is, I put my trust in God and He shall provide. Because He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But you got to make a decision that you're done with those ghosts. Look at somebody and say, I ain't afraid of no ghost. You know what the devil's number one tactic is? He wants to keep you separated from God. That's his number one tactic. That's his number one strategy. He doesn't want you to talk to your heavenly father. He doesn't want you to know your heavenly father. He doesn't want you to hear anything about heaven or the good things that God has for you. He wants to keep you so separated from the one who created you, from the one who wrote in a book every thought that he has about you. He doesn't want you to discover the plan God has for you because you're perfectly designed with your talents, gifts, and abilities to fulfill God's plan for your life. And if you ever discover who you are in that book, who you are in that book, If you ever discover and find out that you are God's child, that you've been away from home, but He's inviting you to come back home so that He can put a robe of righteousness on you and a a ring of authority on your finger so that you can rule and reign in life as one of God's kids. But if you don't know that, then you will be a beggar. 
you'll just accept whatever life throws at you. But I want you to know you don't have to accept nothing. The only thing you want to accept is what Jesus died and paid the price for. And that's for you to have an inheritance of blessing. A covenant of blessing. Bless going in, bless going out. Your refrigerator blessed. Your car blessed. Your children blessed. Your body blessed. Your mind blessed. Walking with peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Walking with authority and power. Not afraid of nothing. Say, I ain't afraid of no ghost. And so, what do you need from God today? Because God is able. It says here very clearly, and you know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And Jesus went around doing good. Say good. And healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. I want you to know God is a healer. He wants to heal you today. You might have a broken heart, broken mind, broken body, broken life. He wants to come and fix it. But you got to trust him and you got to come to him. Just like those people, they heard about Jesus doing all these things and they came to him. There was a story about a blind guy. Jesus was walking by the blind guy and he's shouting out to him, Jesus, son of David. Have mercy on me. And people told him, be quiet. He's too busy for you. Well, he, he didn't allow them to deter him. He shouted even louder. Shout with me. One, two, three. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus didn't respond. So he shouted even louder. Are you ready? Jesus, son of So Jesus turns around. He says, bring that blind man here. And the very people who told him to be quiet and leave Jesus alone were the very ones that brought him to Jesus. They made a way for him. You know what, you know what blind Bartimaeus did? In those days, if you were a beggar and you were blind, the government would give you like a jacket. It's a card. Think about a card you know, so that you could show that you're disabled. You're going to have one of those little things in your car and a sticker on the back. Just like we have today when you know somebody's disabled and they can park in the blue parking spots. How many of you have parked in the blue parking spots and you're not disabled? <laughs> I've done it. I stayed in the car, though. I didn't get out of the car. I was waiting for my wife, you know, and I just pulled in there for a minute. There were two or three other bays open, so I wasn't hindering any people who weren't able to walk. Just want to know. So anyway, just confessing my sins. And so Blind Bartimaeus had a coat. It was a beggar's coat that he would wear. It gave him the right to beg for money, and people knew that he was an approved legitimate beggar, not like the guys who have buckets at the side of the road that say ministry something, something, and they're part of no ministry. We're part of the firefighter department, but they don't look like firefighters. Sometimes you wonder, who should I give to, right? Well, blind Bartimaeus was a beggar that people could give to because he was like a certified beggar, right? But 
Blind Bartimaeus made the decision that when they brought him to Jesus, that he wasn't bringing his coat. He took his beggar's coat off and left it there. Look at the person next to you and say, you don't have to beg God for anything. God loves you, and he wants to bless you. And so he decided that him being called to Jesus, he was going to stand before him, and he was going to receive what he was believing for. But you know that when blind Bartimaeus came up to Jesus, Jesus looked at him, could see that he was blind, but he still asked him a question. Does anybody know what the question is? What do you want me to do for you? You see, even though Jesus could see that he was blind, he wanted to hear from blind Bartimaeus' mouth what it was that he needed from him. And I want to let you know this morning two things. We're going to do a call, and we're going to ask you, what do you need from Jesus? I want you to leave your beggar mentality behind you, and I want you to come to Jesus today, even as Samaya came to Jesus. And I want you to receive the anointing, which is the manifest power of God, to get you a breakthrough in whatever area you need it. Can you say amen? amen. How many of you are ready for that? Say, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not a respecter of persons. That means if he did it for Samaya, he's going to do it for me. Can you say amen? amen? But you've got to come with the same attitude. You've got to come with faith. You've got to come believing. You've got to come with your heart ready to receive what Jesus wants to do in your life. So I want you to just stand with me this morning, everybody in this place. And we're almost done. But what good is it to win a TV or get a get a SeaWorld pass, but walk out of here sick, hurt, in pain, your body broken, your heart broken. Do you know that there's some people on so much medication, they've got to take handfuls of pills every single day? That means you're bound to prescription medication to live. And God wants to set you free from that. You don't have to take pills like that to survive. All you've got to come is to the author of life, and he will give you life and life more abundantly. I want you to close your eyes this morning. I want you to put your hand on your heart. And I want you to think about your life. If you died today, if today was the last day that you lived on planet Earth, somehow you didn't make it to see tomorrow, are you 100% sure that you would spend eternity with God in heaven? Are you sure that everything is right between you and God? If you're not sure, you can be sure. The Bible says that Jesus came to give us eternal life. And the Bible says eternal life is to know God, to have peace with God. And Jesus shed his blood on a cross. And he laid down his life, gave up his life. He took our sin. He took our punishment so that we could be given a gift of salvation and righteousness, which means God wants to save you from your punishment. God wants to put you in right relationship with him. 
so that there'd never be a doubt. You would never be afraid to die. A lot of people want to know what happens when I breathe out my last breath. Where will I go? What will happen? And so many people struggle on their deathbeds because they don't know what comes next. But I want you to know today you can be sure that the minute you close your eyes and you step out of this earthly body, that you will be present with God and that you will come into His kingdom. There's a real place in the eternal realm where God rules and reigns from. It's a beautiful city. It has a river in it, streets of gold. The kingdom of God is filled with light, angels. And all the saints, all the people who believe in Him live in that city. And that is where you come from, and that is your eternal home. Some of you might not know this, but you are a spirit created in the image of God. You have a soul, mind, will, and emotions, memory, imagination. And you have a body, a physical body. This physical body is just a tent. It keeps you on the earth. It gives you the ability to touch this realm, to smell this realm, to taste in this realm. But you have a spirit, man. And when you pray this prayer with me today, your spirit will come alive and you'll begin to experience God's world. You have the ability to experience the natural, but your spirit has the ability to encounter God. And when you come to Jesus and say, God, I want this eternal life, he opens a door for you and He makes a way for you to come to know your heavenly Father. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody comes to the Father except through Him. If you're in this place today and you say, you know what, I don't know God like you're talking about Him. I don't have a relationship with God and I'm not sure about my eternal destiny. But I want to be sure today. I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray with you this morning. If you're in this place today and you say, I don't know where I'm going to spend eternity. I don't know where my life is with God. I need this prayer. Raise your hand right now. Let me know. I want to pray with you. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to slip out of your seat quickly and come to the front. I want to pray with you this morning. Come on, give them a big round of applause as they come. This is the greatest miracle. This is the first and the greatest miracle. And when you let Jesus in, oh, He takes care of everything. Come on, right here. What a day. Today's going to be the best day of your life. You're going to look back to this day, and you're going to realize that God came into your life and that He's turning everything around. One year from now, you're going to look back to this day, and you're going to be celebrating all that God has done in your life. If you're out there today and you say, you know what, I need this prayer. Your heart is beating. It's beating. You know you need this but you're kind of scared, don't let the spirit of fear keep you back from the greatest gift that God has for you. I just want you to close your eyes. We're going to talk to God, amen? I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and you need to say this out of your mouth. You can't just stand there. You've got to say this out of your mouth. Are you ready? Open your hands like this, and just surrender everything to God. Say, God, I surrender it all. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And God, I stand before you. I want eternal life. I want to know you, God. I want to talk to you. 
have a relationship with you. I want to be like man in the garden before the fall where you would come walk in the garden in the cool of the day. Come walk and talk to me. I want to know your voice. I want to know your heart. I want to know all the good things you have for my life. I don't need rules, God. I want a relationship with you. I want to know your love. I want to be filled with your love. I don't want to hurt anymore, God. I don't want to be lost anymore. I don't want to be confused anymore. I don't want to be bound by fear and worry. I want to be free. And so I give you my life today. I put my life in your hands. God, I trust you with everything. And I ask you to lead me. I ask you to guide me. I ask you to show me things to come. I want to live a good life, God. Knowing that as I'm living, I'm living in your perfect will. And I turn my back on sin, the world, religion. And today, I step into my covenant in Christ Jesus. Come live in me, Lord. Fill me with your Spirit. Forgive me for my sins. Say, I believe that Jesus died and God raised him from the dead. He's ascended and seated at the right hand of the Father, glorified with all power and authority. And I pledge my allegiance to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'm just so glad to be a part of the family. No matter what you're going through, I got you and you got me.